0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Chuck Bryant. This is Stuff You Should Know. Let's get to the intro. Yeah, Jerry said we're wasting too much time in the beginning. Yeah, she said that she wished she had a third mic so she could ask a question every once in a yeah. while so we could get to the intro. Right, so what would you have for lunch, Josh? Uh, I <laughs> have not eaten lunch yet. Actually, it's not true. I had a Ghirardelli square chocolate with uh, caramel inside, I'm Sure. Uh I had a uh, baby, baby Ruth. Um, I ate a granola bar, courtesy of Discovery Channel. Thank you. Yeah, Raising D bar. Um, I had a, a Cherry Coke and um that's healthy my friend i think that's it (laughs) that's That's all i've had i'm gonna live forever i had a green apple and some almonds yeah and green tea you're all about the almonds right now aren't you it's a superfood that reminds me i've got to give you a uh, recipe (laughs) for roasted almonds one of my friends told me last night it sounds really good don't you just roast them well, there's some other stuff mixed together. It's an Alton Brown recipe. He's, oh, really? He's on the Alton Brown diet. Uh-huh. I watched him eat a seaweed salad last night. Ooh, I love those. And I was just like, he's going to weep at any moment. <laughs> Jerry's so frustrated right now. <laughs> She is, yeah. Her calf muscles are about to burst out of her legs. Well, maybe we should send her to Vegas. No, no, no. I got something else. Oh, okay. Chuck. Yes. Did you know that National Gang Week has come and gone? <laughs> is there such a thing? No. Oh, okay. That just ruined the whole thing. Well, Josh, tell me about National Gang Week. Okay. Um National Gang Week is when all of the gangs around the United States uh-huh. get together and come up with a clever pa- plan to murder uh unwitting and innocent people. So the Crips and the Bloods get all together, right. one imagines, with the Mongols and the Hells Angels. Sure. and The Warriors. Uh, M14, M13. I'm going to get shot in the head for this again. I know. What is it? I can't remember. Uh, MS13? Sure. Oh, man. Um, anyway, all the gangs get together, and they come up with a plan that they're all going to perpetrate. This year, this December, it was a uh, baby, a fake baby, or possibly a real live baby, if they had any female gang members who were willing to give up their infant child for a little while, Right. in a baby seat on the side of the road, covered in blood, although uninjured, <laughs> just, just kind of doctored to look like they are bleeding. Uh-huh. In an effort to trap female motorists, who would, you know, inevitably stop female what? <laughs> female <laughs> motorists? Yeah, that okay. yes. passersby. Curse my thick tongue. Um, the drivers by, not to be confused with the drive by. Yeah, which is a gang activity. Sure. Um, the to, to to trap female motorists. Who would stop and try to, you know, see if the baby's okay, help it, and then out of the bushes come some gang members who beat and rape and murder her. That sounds to me like an urban legend, Josh.
0: Two, two urban legends. Two
1: police departments issued warnings about this. Really? This past December. So ridiculous. Uh, When pressed about their sources, they both said, "You know, actually, we can't verify any of this, so don't pass it along." (laughs) It was just an idea somebody had. Yeah,
0: you know, the other big gang, when I remember hearing this one myself, was uh, if someone flashes their headlights mm-hmm. at you and you flash them back, then it's a gang and they'll turn around and follow you and kill you.
1: The one I heard was um, if if you see somebody driving without headlights on and you flash them, they'll turn around and kill you. Yeah, that's what It's part of a, a gang initiation. So not true. No, it's not. And what we're talking about, obviously, are urban legends. But more specifically, the article is called How Urban Legends Work. We decided to call this podcast Why Do We Believe Urban Legends? Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, we'll get to that for sure. Sure. Uh, I mentioned Vegas early on, though, because of the very popular old story that uh, the man goes to Vegas and he Mm -hmm. chats it up with a nice lady at the bar and goes back to the room with her. And then he wakes up dazed and confused in a tub of ice the next day with a side hurting. And uh, with a note saying, call 911, and clearly his kidneys have been removed. Yeah, yeah.
1: upon examination, his kidneys are, are removed. This actually gave me a moment of terror, Chuck, because if you remember in the Organ Donation podcast, uh-huh. we talked about a guy named Mohammed Salim Khan right. who had his kidney removed. Sure. And I thought... Um, did we get taken and pass along bad information? No, that's Thanks true. Thanks to Tom Sheve, right? Yeah. Turns out Tommy was right. I went and double checked his sources, and I saw a picture of the guy with like the huge sewn up um, incision uh-huh. where his kidney was removed. And it was an ABC news story. Yeah, yeah, that, that was real. That is pretty much verifiable, right? But that that story was around long before that happened to him. Yeah, and I think we even um postulated that that urban legend gave rise to actual fact, right? Yes, Yeah.
0: and that does happen. Sometimes uh, life imitates art and the other way around. Sometimes it's uh, something from a plot of a horror movie, or sometimes an urban legend is inserted into the plot of a horror movie. Right. Like the Hook Killer. You want to tell that one? Well, yeah, that one's been around since the 1950s when um, teenagers first started going parking, which is when they would drive out to In- Inspiration Point and, and make out and neck. And um, <laughs> the story goes that the they... Hear the story. It's always some someone who's escaped from an insane asylum. <laughs> right. Back when you Who still has use a, those words, a hooked hand, a hooked hand, and then the, the they hear someone scratching on the car, and they don't do anything, and they just leave, and they get home later and find that a hook is sticking into like the door handle.
1: Right. Not true. No, and it's uh, that and the Vegas one, uh, the Vegas kidney one, are considered cautionary tales. Right. Yeah, very common
0: hallmark of many urban legends that they are ca- cautionary tales.
1: Right, and, and most cautionary tales also involve some sort of uh, morality twist to them, right? Like yeah. in, in the most extreme cases, the guy who was in Vegas who was chatting with the girl was actually married, and he went back to her hotel room. Yeah. So the moral of the story is don't cheat on your wife, right, or else something right. really horrible is going to happen to you. Uh, in the case of the teenagers in the 50s, um, it was teenagers – Necking, as you put it, uh-huh. old man, um, and <laughs> uh, the, 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 mor- the moral of the story is don't have premarital sex, right? Yeah, shouldn't w- go park your car and do things like this. You shouldn't. No, um, nothing. Yeah. Right? So the, uh, the, the what's interesting about this is that urban legends um, reflect... Our own morality, our own values. Our own fears I mean, many times. Think about that. From the 50s to the 1990, when the first folklorist, um, I guess, chronicled that Vegas kidney story. Right. In 40 years, it went from necking to cheating on your wife. Right. right. And I, it, one could argue that our values had expanded like that or devolved to that same degree in that same period of time. That's a good point. Yeah.
0: Did you hear a bunch of them when you uh, were first going to college?
1: When I look back on some of the stories I've passed along as fact, <laughs> I, I'm, I couldn't be more ashamed. Oh, I, I heard these. I never passed them along. You didn't? Nah. Even if I didn't pass them along, I believe some of them.
0: Yeah, the, the, there's a couple of common ones. One is the uh, be careful if you're in a dorm room and with someone you don't know, because you will wake up every day and uh, feel all groggy and like you've been taken advantage of for a very good reason, because your roommate <laughs> was knocking you out and... Uh, performing indecent acts on you while you slept. Sodomy? Not true. Very much an urban legend, as is the, uh, the, if your roommate kills themselves,
1: you get straight A's that quarter. Which, I have to say, forms the premise of one of the greatest, um, Zach Morris movies of all time. What's that? Dead Man on Campus. Oh, God. Dude, did you ever see that? <laughs> no. That was a great movie. I, I, that was the plot, though. Yeah, that was the whole plot. He smokes a bong in that movie. It's kind of startling for having grown up on... uh Who's Zach S- Morris? Saved by the Bell. Oh, is he... Is that his character name? Is that his real name? Yeah, I don't remember his, his real name. Oh, Zach was his character in uh Saved by the Bell. Yeah, He's Zach... He's the blonde guy. Zach, if you're listening, um send us an email <laughs> telling us your real name. No, we, we'll look it up in a second, so don't bother emailing. I prefer an email from him. Okay. Okay. So, um... Chuck, like we said, that these things kind of tend to reflect our own morality, our own values. And you said they reflect our fears. And that's absolutely true. There's a lot of urban legends, I would even say the vast majority of them, have to do with some sort of fear, right? Right. And that's one reason we pass them along is because they resonate with us. Uh, we have loved ones in our lives or sure. people we care about, or at yeah, the yeah. very least, we're having a good day and we don't want some stranger to fall into some horrible misfortune, so we right. pass these along. Yeah. And if they're passed along to a person who maintains the same kind of fears and maybe the same level of fears and the same... um Dopey believability. <laughs> right. um, they'll absorb them, fear them, and pass them along themselves. Sure.
0: Right? Many times, it's also regionalized. So, what may be uh, if you're in in Seattle, it could be a neighborhood in Seattle where this happened. If you're in Atlanta, it could be East Lake. So they get regionalized, and all of a sudden, you think, "Well, I it may not be true, but I should tell my friends this." Um, on
1: the internet to just send an email out just in case because it's happening
0: right here right
1: and be and because it's in a place that you can visualize it has that much greater of an impact on you fear once again sure i mean if you can visualize your fear you can fear even more yeah good point thanks <laughs> <Nice. laughs> that's gonna be on my
0: tombstone should we talk about some some dead giveaways that you're in fact hearing in urban legend and not the real thing totes uh, it happened to a friend of a friend. That's the classic. Definitely. F- FOF is what they call it.
1: And actually, um, if, if it happens to a friend of a friend, usually when you pass it along, you're not going to say a friend of a friend because you just uh, immediately lost credibility right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're going to say it happened to my my friend Chuck's friend uh-huh. or it happened to Chuck's friend. You know Chuck. It happened to one of his friend who neither one of us have ever met. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, that, that personalizes it a little more, brings sure. it home a little further, or – if i were a real liar, right? Yeah. or really desperate for attention, i would say <laughs> it happened to chuck even though chuck told right. me it happened to a friend of his. Yeah. But i'm just going to gloss over that part because i really want you to believe what i'm saying. Because right. if you believe what i'm saying, then i can more easily believe what i'm saying, right?
0: Right? And people innately want to believe their friends when they hear things, and people innately want to tell a good yarn. So couple <laughs> those together, Spin a good yarn, and then uh <laughs> is that what the, the it's called? Spin a yarn. What right? The hip
1: kids call it.
0: <laughs> Put those two together, and you get urban legends. Yeah, I actually remember the first urban legend I heard, and my buddy Rad in Montana, my best friend in high school, actually listens Redcliffe? to this. R- Radford. Radford. That's right. He uh, he told me. I remember this so distinctly about the Eddie Murphy and the elevator. It used to be Reggie Jackson before that. The story is the lady mm-hmm. gets on the elevator, and it's it's some uh, African-American with his large entourage. Or a, a dog. It's a dog. Oh, it's a he dog? He a dog. Yeah, it's the crux of it. Oh, okay. Well, see, it changes. That's the hallmark of an urban legend, too. It changes per story. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. But the lady will clutch her purse in fear, and then later on uh, she finds out it's at a hotel that her hotel stay was paid for. And it's like courtesy of Eddie Murphy. We got
1: the best laugh I've had in weeks because we scared you. Oh, yeah. That's not how mom told it. Uh, How did your mom say it? She said that, um, and I think, if I remember correctly, she told me that it had happened to a friend of hers or someone she works with, friends. Well, that's what Rad said. I
0: remember it was his mom, someone his mom worked
1: with. Right. Well, in in this case, it was Lionel (laughs) Richie. Or Reggie Jackson. I think the other variation I heard was Reggie Jackson sure. or Lionel Richie. I never heard Eddie Murphy. Depends on what decade. But he's in there. They're in like a, a very nice hotel that allows huge dogs, and the guy has a dog with him. Sure. Yeah. So he's that. he's even more intimidating, and uh, the the woman is trying to avoid eye contact, is scared, clutching her purse, that kind of thing. Um, and then all of a sudden, the guy goes, "Sit, lady." Oh, and then the right. woman sits down in the elevator, and the guy's like, "I was talking to my dog." And then her hotel stay is paid for right. by Reggie Jackson or Lionel Richie or Eddie Murphy, right? Or one imagines P. Diddy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Or Jay Z. But I just—if
0: Rad, if you're listening, you lied to me, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Way back when, when we were eating turkey sandwiches after school, you lied to me. I remember distinctly. Yeah. And I'll never forget it. So, Josh, that was a lot of time to uh, to give up the one dead giveaway. Friend of a friend. It really was. So we'll go through some of these other ones uh, quickly. Actually, we already did. There are many variations. Yeah. That's a dead giveaway. Uh, The topic is one that is often on the news.
1: Or one that people gossip about. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Like, we got, the we, Stuff Podcast got a forwarded email about um, census workers. Yeah, yeah. The census is about to happen, so now don't open your door um, right. unless they have a confidentiality agreement and certain sure. other things. I just or got else one of those. they'll murder you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got it this morning. Oh, okay. Was that Isn't that it was? ironic? Yeah. yeah.
0: But that actually happened when the census worker we thought was killed, but it turns out it was a suicide. So oftentimes it will spin off of a real news story and get morphed.
1: Yeah, which is kind of scary because a lot of urban legends have been portrayed as fact in the news, yeah. in newspapers. Well, that's another reason people believe them is because they trust the news when they ought not. Uh, which is sad because really, frankly, you shouldn't you – shouldn't, you should take all news stories with a grain of salt, you know? It's just some dude or chick reporting something. I'm trying to file a story. Just like we do. We get things wrong all the time, clearly.
0: Why are you shaking your head?
1: <laughs> you just gave us away, dude. <laughs> nah, people know. We call ourselves out. <laughs> no, I, But it's true. I think it's funny that we do that, and we need to do that because in, the, in this day and age, pretty much our entire job, or at least a significant portion of it, Chuck, is avoiding giving out false information. Yeah. We have to go through and verify it, which is getting increasingly harder. Yeah, we try. We definitely do.
0: Uh, we were talking about pop culture and sometimes – Movies will work it in or the other way around. In the movie Goodwill Hunting, remember? Mm-hmm. They tell the story about the guy who gets pulled over by the cop because he's drunk. And then an accident happens and the cop has to run to the accident. And the guy jumps in his car, goes home. The cop comes the next morning and the guy denies that he was ever out drinking until he looks and notices that in his driveway he had jumped in the squad car by accident. Right. Not true. Right. But it's an urban legend. It was in Goodwill Hunting.
1: Right. The Simpsons. Which one?
0: You know how you always hear the story about like a, a mouse in a in a Coke bottle? Remember the Simpsons when they Barney and uh, Homer visit the Duff Brewery? Mm-hmm. And the guy's on the line, Phil is on the line checking the bottles as they go by? <laughs> yeah. He's like, good, good, nose, good, needle. And then he turns it, his head and like Hitler's head <laughs> goes by in a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one.
1: Did you see the uh, YouTube clip of Hitler finding out that Scott Brown won the uh, Massachusetts Senate seat? I did. You sent it to me. God, that's good. <laughs> is that an urban legend? Or did Scott Brown really win the Senate seat? He really did. I thought it was made up. Um, There's a pretty, it's pretty much impossible to trace the origin of a, um, any urban legend, really.
0: No one ever knows where they come from.
1: One of the reasons why is because it follows oral tradition, or it used to, generally, right? Right, folklore. It is folklore, uh, and it's actually studied by cultural anthropologists and folklorists, which I think is probably a subset of cultural anthropology. Um and the the Hey Date have you seen the Encyclopedia of Urban Legends? No, I used to have a, a cartoon book though of Urban Legends. It was pretty cool. Nice. Well the Encyclopedia of Urban Legends is fairly anthropological in nature. Yeah. It's a pretty thick tome. It's on Google Books. Cool. You can check it out. But the author of it, Jan Harold uh Brunvan. Harold? <laughs> Why are you doing this to me today? Are you talking to your mouth or to me? Both. Okay. Um, the the author Jan Harold Brunvan, um kind of laments that the the internet has removed that aspect, the oral tradition, uh, by digitizing it. Yeah, and now all you do is click forward. Right, and and, and uh, van suggests that the golden age of uh, of um, urban legends was the sixties or the eighties. Yeah, although I they've agree been with around that. a lot longer than that, right? Yeah, since the 30s and 40s, they said? I th- I found even further back than that. Um Apparently, F. Scott Fitzgerald in the 20s referred to contemporary legends, which Interesting. The, the, the critic took the, to mean the same thing as right. an urban legend. Sure. And then even before that, I think in uh, the 1890s, there was a French columnist who asked, do cities maintain folklore just as rural areas do? Interesting. The answer to that is a big fat yes, obviously. Urban legend. Yeah.
0: So that's when they were actually called out as urban legends. Like we said, it goes back... Centuries tradition of folklore. Sure. Hist- historians are big on verifying and writing things down, and folklorists uh, tell stories with their mouths.
1: Yeah, like we do. Right. That <laughs> sounds like a t-shirt. Folklorists do it with their mouths. <laughs> yeah, that should be. Yeah. Um, and like you said, Chuck, these things go back centuries, if not further. Um, and again, all legends, uh, reflect the, um, the feelings, the fears, that kind of thing in the culture at the time. So we're yeah. before, uh, in the, You know, pre industrial age, most fairy tales that had something bad happening to them were set in the woods. Right. Like Hansel and Gretel or Snow White or whatever. Yeah, yeah. These fairy tales were set in the woods because the woods were still very scary places filled with bandits and bears and. scary monsters. Yeah, Mm -hmm. super freaks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, One thing I thought was interesting is the famous website Snopes.com. Yeah. Clearly can put an end to a lot of these internet. If you're smart enough to go look at Snopes, these Internet rumors that get started. But one thing I thought was interesting was reading this article is that Snopes evidently gets a lot of angry emails because people want to believe their friends so much that their friends not made this up that they will email Snopes angrily and say, you're calling my friend a liar. This really happened. He said it happened to his best friend. Right. And Snubs is like, I doubt if they even respond to those. At night. They're like,
1: send us your address so we can send a guy to come hit you with a tack hammer. Right. And I have some swampland in Florida, I can tell you. <laughs> exactly. Um, we were talking about the origins of these things, Chuck, right? Um, Indeed. Right. So folklorists, anthropologists, and uh, pretty much any smart person can point to actual events that are maybe misinterpreted or expanded upon uh, become the source of urban legends, e.g., uh, temporary tattoos laced with LSD. Right. That could have been birthed out
0: of the real practice of uh, a chemist who make LSD would oftentimes put it on, or I guess still do, put it on like a stamp with a cartoon character. Yeah. And so that might have gotten confused with um, uh, temporary tattoos, so the word spreads and all of a sudden, and what I love is that the story goes is they, they give them these LSD tattoos to
1: get the kids hooked on LSD, Right, <laughs> which is just silly. Yeah, it's not physically addicting at no. all, nor psychologically addicting. I doubt it. I, I imagine it's uh, much more psychologically aversive than anything. Probably so. I'm getting nostalgic. Halloween, lots
0: of urban legends around Halloween. Yeah. With the tainted candy and the razor blades and the apple.
1: You know what's crazy is we were talking about how the organ thief actually probably got the idea from the urban legend. There have been instances of people tainting Halloween candy Yeah, after The the urban legend was around. Oh, really? Uh huh. Interesting. Most of the ones that have like razor blades, and and I have to say this is from Snopes. Right. Uh, There's a pretty long article on uh, Halloween candy with razor blades and and needles. But um, most of the ones that have actually been uh, perpetrated were hoaxes or they wanted to get attention or something like that. Um, But poison candy actually does, it's come up many, many times around Halloween. And, you know, in non-Halloween days, the other 364 days. Right. Uh, where kids have died, apparently. Oh, really? Um, yes, and this is not an urban legend. Apparently, uh, in, I don't remember what state it was in, but a friend of a friend told me yeah. um, <laughs> that the, the a little kid died after getting into his uncle's stash of heroin. Awful. And so the family actually sprinkled his candy, Halloween candy, uh-huh. with her- with heroin from the uncle's stash to protect the uncle. Uh, to make it look like somebody had really? poisoned the kid with, with heroin. And that really happened. It happened. Wow. What if Snopes is wrong about all this stuff? I don't know. I've had that horrible feeling before. Horrible thought sat upright in bed. And yeah. Been like, Tootsie Roll Pops. Like Snopes is just this one dude. This big fat guy. <laughs> he doesn't in his even room. bother <laughs> research. He's just <laughs> like, eh, it's we'll all say this is an true. <laughs> He's like the wizard behind the curtain. That'd be pretty cool. Uh,
0: I guess we should point out a few of these email urban legends just so you don't forward them around. To your to your friends and family, uh, be wary of anything free. Obviously,
1: that's a that's a dead giveaway usually. Well, that's just like the uh, the pigeon drop. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you just you. If anybody starts talking to you about money and you've never met them, you don't want to respond.
0: Right. Another dead giveaway, Josh, is if you ever get an email that starts with a line, "If you forward this email colon," or if it says "This is not an urban legend colon," <laughs> right? then it's probably an urban legend.
1: Yeah. And then, of course, there is a uh, the famous Neiman Marcus cookies email, which I've actually received. I have received this one as well. I've never made them. Have you? No. Well, they're just regular old cookies. Tom Harris says they're delicious. Really? I think he made them for this article. <laughs> that is research, pal. Yeah. We'll detail this one. This is a very famous one. So uh back in, I think, the 90s. Uh, late 90s, there was an email that was sent around, uh, where it, it talked about the Neiman Marcus, uh, chocolate chip cookie recipe, which made some delicious chocolate chips, they say. Right. Or chocolate chip cookies. Um, and a woman apparently asked for Neiman Marcus, uh, somebody at the store to give her the recipe for the cookies, and they gave it to her, but they charged her for it. They said 250 And when she, you know, gets her bill later that month, she sees that they charged $250. Right. Instead of $2.50 for this recipe, the woman finds it outrageous, contacts Neiman Marcus, and they're like, well, our cookies are really good. We're not going to refund your money. Right. Uh, So she decided that to get them back, she would forward the email, the recipe in an email to everybody. And spread it around. Yes. To get back at Neiman Marcus. You were my crutch, Chuck.
0: Not true, Josh. They didn't uh, even make the chocolate chip cookie at the time.
1: In the 80s, it was Mrs. Fields, not Neiman Marcus.
0: And before that, it was the Waldorf Astoria Hotel's red
1: velvet cake. Take that, stupid people who believe forwarded <laughs> emails. Who I'm sad to say, it, not only did my mom pass along bunk information with the Lionel Richie <laughs> slash Reggie Jackson story. Sure. Um, but my dad, I found out, is a birther. Really. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he's not in any kind of uh, structured or organized capacity. As Uh a matter of fact, he wasn't even aware of the term birther. Right. But he believed a forwarded email that was birther in nature. Right, Which, again, that was a real occurrence. There were people out there who wanted to see Barack Obama's Birth certificate.
0: Yeah, claiming he was not born in this country is yeah. what that originally. They said from that right.
1: his birth certificate was doctored, that he was really uh, born in Kenya. Right. Um, yada, 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 and therefore he shouldn't be president, right? Yeah. But it, the the that has taken on a life of its own. So out of this original idea, it's become an urban legend. And a forwarded email, urban legend, which are really the dregs of urban legend society. Yeah, frankly. cause
0: you're not even taking the time to spin a good yarn at that point.
1: No, and that's why, um, Brunvan was saying, like, it was best from the sixties of the eighties, you know, there's, there's spider eggs and oh, bubble yeah. yum and hook uh-huh. hands hanging from, yeah. uh, car doors and the, the calls coming from upstairs. And the great part about it was that everybody was personalizing it because it happened in Eastlake or it happened in Peoria, Illinois, depending right. on where you are. And so there was, it took effort, and there was uh-huh. a, there was personalization done to it, and so people were engaging in oral folklore tradition yeah. without even realizing it, and it kept it alive and vital. Now it's just forwarding. That's it. Well, you and I remember clearly.
0: I remember uh, Rad lying to me in the ninth, or I'm sorry, tenth or eleventh grade. You remember your mom telling me stories, like I remember this specifically in his kitchen. Yeah, I remember that day specifically, but I don't remember whatever jackass forwarded me the.
1: The gang headlight thing. right? Should we talk about a couple of real ones real quick before we wrap it up? Yeah, these are great, Chuck. Chuck uh, found some on cracked.com. And uh, the more fantastic ones, we actually did go and double check with Snopes, the big fat guy who doesn't check anything, right? Yes. Okay, so Chuck, take it away. Well, one of them um,
0: has happened recently is that the famous Halloween, when there's all manner of Halloween ones, like we said, where... Uh, someone hung themselves in their yard.
1: Yeah, we when what podcast did we talk about that? I can't remember. I can't either. But we definitely did.
0: And the story goes that someone hung themselves, and uh, people thought it was a Halloween decoration. So they uh, the body stayed there for several days until they realized it was real. And this actually really did happen.
1: Yeah, and then there's the. Uh... The one about the couple who spend the night in a hotel room, yeah, and they can't figure out where the stench is coming from. And Uh when they finally go downstairs to ask for their money back the next morning, the hotel management investigates and finds a dead body under the bed. Yeah. Apparently,
0: that's happened a bunch of times. Yeah.
1: Kansas City, Atlantic City. Yeah, Florida. Yeah. California. It's very distressing. Yeah, and and uh, the the cracked blogger makes uh, a good point that in these cases, in just about all of them, what's insane is that the people spent the night in the room the whole time, yeah. almost invariably. You they're know? so great. Tell them the best one. Cracked is awesome. They're so funny. Yeah, I agree. I, I
0: love that website. I know it's one of your faves. Uh, the Funhouse Mummy. This one is the best one ever. Uh, the myth is that a prop at a carnival was, um, I guess, in the in the scary Funhouse was. Not a
1: prop mummy, but it was, in fact, a real dead body. So if this story couldn't get any more fantastic, you're wrong, right? It's so great. Here's how the urban legend goes. Um, the crew for the $6 million man was filming an episode, and they needed a funhouse, so they went down to Long Beach to the New Pike Amusement Park, right? right. And there was a dummy hanging in the shot, and the director filmed the shot, apparently, and was like, I don't like that dummy there. Somebody get rid of it. Some guy goes to grab it. The arm comes off, and they notice a human bone inside. Right. Right? You thought, wow, that's pretty uh, realistic. Yeah. And so they did a little more investigating and figured out that it was a real corpse, a mummified, embalmed human corpse that was actually hanging in a funhouse true, being, uh, that people took as a dummy, right? Six million dollar man. Chuck, is this
0: True. It is true. Isn't that crazy? And it doesn't end there because apparently the body, the uh, undertaker, had done such a swell job with the embalming process that he put this body on display for a matter of years. Mm -hmm. You could pay a nickel to come see this body. Mm -hmm. And then two guys that worked for the amusement park, or no, the traveling carnival, Mm -hmm. disguised themselves as what? His brothers. His brothers to come claim the body. And they actually stole the
1: body, and it traveled around the country, eventually ending up in Long Beach. Yes. What's even more amazing is that we know whose body this is. Yes, we do. It was a bank-robbing bandit named Elmer McCurdy who yep. uh, lived out his uh, violent career at the, about the turn of the last century. Yeah. Early uh, 20th century, uh, he was killed in a shootout for 46 bucks and two jugs of whiskey. Uh, And like you said, the undertaker did such a good job embalming him. He uh, charged people a nickel to come look at this bandit, uh, and that was that. So when they finally laid him to rest, I think in like 2006. Really? No, it couldn't have been. No, no way. It would have been a couple years after the $6 million man thing in 76. Right. Okay. Um, they, They supposedly put cement over his casket so that nobody could dig him up. And do the same thing all over again? Yeah. Yeah, true story. Yeah,
0: so Cracked actually has a, a about 11 of them over a span of a couple of articles. And then I saw other sites that said they had real ones. But, um, again, you can't always believe everything. I don't know if I
1: believe Cracked. Except no, that's why case. I went and checked it out at Snopes, and they they had the same story. Uh, different, Slightly different, but all the facts were the same. Same name, same everything. Friend of a friend. Yeah. Is that it? That's it, man. I mean... We, can go on urban yeah, we could go on all day. Yeah, this could be an 11-hour podcast. Sure. Um, but let's not make it that way. No. If you want to learn more about urban legends, you can uh, look it up in the handy search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. Chuck, it's time for Listener Mail.
0: No, it's not, Josh. What? We are not going to do Listener Mail today because we are going to plug this thing like a finger in a dike.
1: So, Chuck, go ahead then. If you're going to do that, let's... Do it. Well,
0: first of all, we want to plug the, the new science podcast that we've talked about for a while, and it is called Stuff from the Science Lab with our comrades Robert Lamb, who you might remember from doing the hell of uh, a writer rendition, the reading of the Jack the Ripper letter.
1: Yeah, dear
0: boy, got he doesn't do that voice in the podcast, unfortunately. Yeah, and Allison, they do a great job with sciency stuff, hell of an editor. And we're going to plug Strickland's podcast, tech stuff, even though he talks smack about us. He really does, doesn't he? It? Does. Uh, we are going to plug Stuff You Missed in History Class with our colleagues, uh, now Katie. It used to be Jane and Candace. Now it's Katie and Sarah Doughty full-time. Mm-hmm. Yep. They do a great job. Sure. And uh, what else do we have?
1: High-speed stuff. Yeah.
0: Scott and Ben. Scott and Ben do a great auto
1: podcast. Very funny. Ben and Matt also do uh, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. Yeah, our that's a video, video. podcast on conspiracies, which is awesome. Yeah, Coolest Stuff on the Planet is another great travel video podcast. Yep. And uh, what are... What are we forgetting? Yeah, Sminty, our Sminty gals. Yeah, how could we forget Sminty? Did you see that email we accidentally got that was intended for them today? Uh, Stuff Mom Never Told You, of course, is uh, the... uh,
0: Some people liken it to the female version of what we do. Yeah, they have a
1: huge cult following,
0: too. They do. They're great. They're really funny. Yeah. Quality stuff.
1: Oh, of course, there's Stuff of Genius and Brain Stuff, both of which feature our esteemed founder, Marshall Brain. Yeah, and Stuff of Genius
0: is really short, and if you're into, like cool Monty Python-esque graphics, yeah, very you'll, you'll much like so. it.
1: Yeah. Uh, and of course, there's the blogs. Always. You can just type in the blogs at howstuffworks.com. Right. Plugfest is over. Plugfest is over. We haven't done it in a while. No. If you want to uh, send us an email, we, we probably will do reader mail again, right? Starting next week. Okay. If you want to send us an email on absolutely anything, you can wrap it up and send it to stuff podcast at howstuffworks.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the howstuffworks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?